Thanks for tuning in to Manage the Moment, Conversations in Performance Psychology. I'm Dr. Sari Shepard. I will honestly say, like like anybody in the arts, I do live for, um, not necessarily for appreciation, but to make a statement. Praise is nice, but you know, I don't live for, I don't live to be praised. I, I live to, to communicate. Welcome back to my conversation with noted photojournalist, Harrison Funk. There was so much to absorb from our conversation that we cut it into two parts, and this second half features Harrison's answers to my frequently asked questions. But Harrison didn't just give standard answers to these questions. They led into another lengthy conversation that I get to share with you now. Plus, Harrison shares his opinions on the effect of music, photography, and art on the socio-political landscape. And this part of the conversation will remind us of both the span and the influence of his tremendous body of work. And as an aside, sports fans who are listening may be surprised to learn what Harrison says was one of his most influential photographs. Thanks for joining in to the second part of my conversation with Harrison Funk. Something I will say about our, about our last 50 years is we have revered artists Music defines generations in so many ways. And, and um, I think we have probably lost sight of what makes, what makes artists great sometimes because we're so busy listening to, listening to them but not hearing the lyrics and not one thing I can say about this generation, I think they listened to the lyrics the way they did, you know, back in the 60s and 70s. I think that the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the times today dictate that people listen to the lyrics because the lyrics are very poignant. They're very, they're very important to, to, to history. And I think that it got lost, like the disco era, you know, get down, boogie, oogie, oogie, had no social significance <laughs> whatsoever. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you know, um, I love the Bee Gees, but I don't think that, that their songs necessarily had a social, sociopolitical significance. Um, Certainly not like the 60s. No. No. But then... Michael Jackson comes along with songs that have socio-political significance. Not all of them, you know, but certainly the ones we were just talking about. Um, and I think that uh, I think that there are other artists that do, you know, that that, that also had um, that brought a social socio-political significance uh, in their lyrics. What is the you know, what are the significant songs of today? Seriously. Um, and yet, we still revere the artists because they define the generation. They define what's right. going on right now. And I think that's important. That's the way I see things visually. That when I when I photograph somebody, I want to... I want to 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 take them and 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 
define them visually mm. in some way and define them alongside of the times. So it could also be a fashion statement. It could also be, you know, people don't probably realize. You look back in the in the early '80s when Culture Club did. Do you really want to hurt me? Do people realize the 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 real significance of that song? But if you really think about it, here's this cross-dressing guy who's dressing kind of like um he he and and he made a he made a statement um you know do you really want to hurt me has has to me has has extreme social significance um but music has in some way um coupled with and defined the social significances or the social climate of an era and you know history will tell how we see that looking back um you know people need to look at listen to some of janet jackson's lyrics and and they'll find some some true social significance in in her in her lyrics you know from the from the 80s and and mid 90s um but um again what what is there well today i mean pharrell's written some pretty impressive lyrics um i think that um lenny kravitz has definitely had some some you know impressive and poignant things to say lyrically um but i don't know that people are listening to to the music that way except the diehard fans um so I think that that, you know, all that changes um, from generation to generation. Sure. And and music has marked time throughout the generations. You've been fortunate um, enough and we've been fortunate enough to be the beneficiaries of your ability to mark time over the generations and seeing the evolution really of your career from starting with shooting, you know, local basketball games uh, to uh, working as a photojournalist for news magazines to the point where some of your images have been seen literally by billions of people across the globe. And, um, and it's been really fascinating to be able to hear some of the background of what's gone into that work. And you, you have been so generous with your time. I still have some questions that I'd like to ask uh, that I, that I ask of everyone, but I want to make sure that you still have the time for those. Would that be okay? Sure. Um, it's, okay. it's fine. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, great. Okay. So Harrison, uh, what in life are you still curious about? Um, what in light, let's see. Well, I'm curious about a lot of things. I'm, I'm not done traveling. Um, one of my, my favorite, one of my favorite parts of my profession and lifestyle is that I have traveled around the world. And I have many, many, many more places to go. Um, I, I have a, a real love of photographing um, old architecture, historical monuments, historical buildings, ruins. Um, I'm very curious. I'm always very curious about how we got here and, and um, where we are going. 
And um, if if I had a dream profession, if I or a dream career, I would love to be. I would love to have been on the road with Anthony Bourdain, um, not because I had any. I mean, I, I thought he was a brilliant um, journalist himself, but but because through food he explored everything hmm. lifestyles people cultures um i'm i'm very curious about cultures there are there are places i have never been that i really want to go that i really want to I, I you know i i have become very really fascinated with the amazon especially the amazon people so that's something i'd love to i'd love to explore um and i'm not sure if that actually answers the question specifically mm -hmm. but sure i i want to there, there are parts of asia that i've never been to that i really want to explore um and i have i have about 30 projects in me that i have not done yet oh, wonderful. so you know um they're all people related um but very few are celebrity related um i i prefer to focus on Love celebrities. Love. I love the the whole, you know, the the whole style question. The whole, uh, all, all of the, um, the celebrity uh, persona. But but there's so many other things I want to I want to photograph, and, and and so many other so many places I want to go and see. Um, I also want to I want to explore um, music, you know, because I've shot so much music. I want to explore music locally in in places i want to see what the music scene is like in different parts of the world uh, you know i'd love to go to like lima peru and see what their music scene is like or 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 you know um maybe you know um uh, spend a few weeks in well i'd love to spend a month or two or three in india exploring their local traditional and um pop music scene they have a huge one like they have a huge you know popular filmmaking scene down there called bollywood that a lot of the world ignores um i'd love to i'd love to spend a lot of time doing that um but but those are the only two th those are the two sort of uh, quasi celebrity projects i'm i'm thinking about the others are just humanity i'd love to see some of that Great. Well, as soon as I do it, I will share it with you. Thank you. My pleasure. Love that. Absolutely. Um, shifting gears, Harrison, what is more distracting to you as a photographer and photojournalist? Is it the praise that you have received or the criticism? I I like to ignore both, but I like to learn from the criticism. Um, I, the praise is lovely. You know, thank you all for for saying you like my work, I, I, I will honestly say like, like anybody in the arts, I, I, I do live for, um, not necessarily for appreciation, but, but to make a statement and to, as a historian to record, to record facts. Um, you know, it's interesting. We're living in a very, and I don't want to make this this too 
time specific, but we're living in a very awkward time right now, um, mm -hmm. historically. And I'm not out there photographing it because I don't live in places where, where you can see it. Um, and I don't know of all the things going on. Like I really wish I had somehow covered this, you know, multi-million person protest against climate change, you know, and I didn't just because I didn't, I, I didn't know where anything was happening that could really tell the story any better than any, any, anything else. Um, and these are the things I need to put myself back into. So I criticize myself every day. I don't need anybody else's criticism. Believe me, I, I critique every single thing I do. Um, but if people want to critique my work or they want to, you know, comment on, on what I am doing or what I'm not doing, they're free to do it as long as they're not malicious about it. Um, and if they're malicious about it, I ignore it. If they're not, I, I will do everything I can to learn from it. And then I appreciate it. As far as praise goes, you know, um, praise is nice, but you know, I don't live for, I don't live to be praised. I, I live to, to communicate. And, and if it, if it touches a chord and makes somebody, you know, think a certain way or, 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 or rethink something, the praise is nice, but, but, or the thing I've done is nice, but, you know, I think every artist lives to a degree for a little bit of validation. You know, good pat on the back is pretty nice once in a while, but too much of either is, is, is not good. As a photographer, you obviously prepare for every shoot, and yet the unexpected can happen. What is something unexpected that has happened to you in your work? You know, as a, seeing myself as a photojournalist, if there is such a thing, I prepare for the unexpected. Um, everything is, is unexpected. I mean, mm. you can go into a, into a photo shoot and, and think, Oh, great. You know, I'm, I'm going to, um, I'm going to anticipate that this might happen and this might happen and this might happen. But, you know, I think that, that, that you just, you have to be willing to, to, to expect anything, be willing to have anything happen. Um, and not, not necessarily predetermine something that is going to be of consequence. So, you know, in terms of thing, something that's happened unexpected, um, it's a good question. I really, I really am, I'm trying to think if there's something, and I'm sure as soon as I, I, I get off of, of the, this podcast, I will, I will probably remember something unexpected that happened. <laughs> um, I, I am remembering, you know, I, had so many experiences in my life. Um, and, and the one thing I remember more than more, well, that sticks out is something that was unexpected. Um, and, I, and, and it, it happened after the fact. Um, and it probably, the significance of it may not be seen until, um, 
until you know sometime in the future um but in in 1978 i did a portrait of pele on on the pitch um before the game oh. um he was playing for the, for the, for the new york cosmos mhm and i think the portrait has a, a particular significance because again um you know at that point he was he was already the greatest soccer player that ever lived um but i'm not sure that i i guess i'm i i i guess i see um i see it as being a beautiful portrait um and i think it's i think its true significance will will be will be known after he passes away i hate to say that i really hate to say that um he he struck me as being a really lovely person and 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 he was one of my he he has been one of my favorite athletes um yeah but I, I don't know that that picture, and it's not something I show a lot, but but it, I don't know that that picture will become um, significant until until his passing. Um, I think my my body of work with Michael also uh, became more significant after he passed. Kind of sad when you think of it. Um, sure. Though life and death are intertwined you know and 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 very much one is part of the other but i'm trying to think of the i'm sure there was something unexpected that occurred well you might not remember it because you adapt so well to the situation that's entirely possible constantly nonstop. yeah um i guess like boy george I, i'm a chameleon myself but yeah i'm i'm just trying to 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 think of um, the most okay, so probably the most unexpected thing again. It it relates back to the Jacksons. Um, I was uh, the tour photographer on Victory, and I was assigned by Life Magazine to shoot whatever I wanted, basically. Um, because they were going to do this this huge spread about the tour, and it, you know it was it was the most probably the most important tour in the history of rock and roll or the history of music to that point. It may still have some significance as one of the most important tours in the history of music. And there was one particular um, scene, one particular dance move. In working day and night, that um, that I thought, you know, I have to capture this because this is, it's 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 brilliant. It, it, everybody's dancing, and Michael leaps into the air, and from from a low angle, it looks like he's jumping eight feet in the air. And um, so I take the picture, and uh, you know, we process the film, and and the next day, I tell Michael, you have to see this. This is just magic 
But unfortunately, your brothers aren't moving the way I was hoping they would. And I said, I'd like to try to capture it again, maybe prod them to do a little more at that moment. And he just kind of, he kind of smirked and didn't say anything. And he saw the shot and he goes, he just, he breathed so heavy, big sigh. And Mm. he says, oh my goodness, that's magic. It's incredible. He says, I wish they could put that on the cover. He said, it, it, it really defines this, this whole tour. It defines our whole musical experience. And so I call the picture editor. And I said, uh, we'll be in New York tomorrow. I'm going to bring you this picture. Michael is in love with it. So am I. I think it could be, it could be a cover, but it's horizontal. And he says, of course, you know, we've never had a horizontal cover. That can't happen. But he he said, let me look at it. Maybe it could be, you know, the double, double truck inside picture. And I bring it up there and um, I bring him the takes before and after. And I thought, well, maybe we could do like a, a sequence shot. Because I already was kind of known for that in sports, was doing sequence shots. A couple of different uh, publications, including Sports Illustrated, had run sequence shots that I did. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm I'm 20. By the way, I'm 24 at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go I go up to see the picture editor, and 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 uh, I'm I'm made to wait in the outer office with two assistants. And and John comes out and he says, I'm really sorry. He says, I don't have time to look at it unless you have it right here. So I said, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he saunters over really slowly, saunters over to the light table, puts it up and, and, and looks through his loop. And he goes, oh, my God, we have our center spread. And I said, wow. He says, do you have any objection to us entering this in a world press award competition. And I didn't know that I heard him correctly. (laughs) 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 And he was kind of dry. He didn't really, he didn't get overly excited about anything. He was, you know, very, very matter of fact. And, um, the two assistants, um, one of whom passed away last year, who was one of my favorite people there, um, looked at the picture and, and she says, um, wait a second. I want to talk to you. John leaves. And she goes, you didn't see it, but I saw more emotion in his eyes for that one picture that I've seen in a long time. That's it's, it's brilliant. Mm. And, um, she says, I'm sure, you know, you'll be getting a lot of work from us, which I thought was just, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm 24. My dream coming up as a kid was to be a life photographer. Mm. Um, so that may be the, the single most surprising thing or, or most, un, I, I don't remember the exact question, but was it sur- okay. surprising or un, um, unexpected? Um, that may be the most unexpected 
Um, but you know, I, I have, I've had a bunch of those kinds of experiences in my life. Um, mm. the, uh, um, and they're all, you know, one is, one is, um, bigger to me than the other. So <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. it's a hard question to answer, but that's a great answer. Well, thank you. Yeah. Your story reminds me a little bit about the secret life of Walter Mitty, the, yes. the, um, new version of it, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and you know what else? And I have to say this as a disclaimer. I am not the I am not the the protagonist in in um oh my gosh now I can't think of the name of the movie um almost famous though ah. a, a lot of my friends thought that 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 was me because it's okay it's similar to my life although I don't think I've ever I've ever been smitten with a girl from afar whose name and and picture I could put on top of a taxi cab uh. <laughs> 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 but it's one of my favorite movies ever. Oh, that's yeah. great. So, yeah. Um, and I saw Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I have to admit, I cried. Did you? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the demise of life, that movie is yeah. not about the demise of, of just life. It's the, about the demise of photography and the importance of photography. Right. You know, right. Um, and, and without ruining it for somebody, the picture that was hidden is so significant that um, it's, it's, it, it makes a grand statement about, about um, an art form that I am passionate of. By the way, um, I, I want to interject here at the same time. If anybody is really interested in, in, in spontaneity in photography, um, by the, by Vivian Meyer's book, um, Vivian Meyer was the most unsung photographer of all time. She was a nanny from Chicago who bought a used twin lens reflex camera and took street pictures. And she's mm. one of the greatest street photographers, you know, besides uh, Henri Brisson and Robert Frank that I can mm. think of. Uh, yeah. I'll look forward to that very much. Yeah. You should, you should have a look. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's on Amazon. Um, I don't need to give a plug, you know, not, not my, yeah, but, um, and if you really want to see it quickly, you can go to Barnes and Noble anyway. Uh, I'll shift gears. Yeah, go ahead. Um, what is one comment that you have received that still stands out to you because of its impact, whether good, bad, or for whatever reason. And if I change the question to, to a tweet, I think I might get a different answer knowing some recent, um, back and forth on on twitter but let's stick with comment what is what is one that stands out to you because of its impact oh i think there's there's a bunch um when when um i, I think when michael said to me when he saw the jumping shot that is absolute magic, but you'd have to have heard him say it. You know, he said it in his, in his voice. I don't know. Most people don't know. Michael talked in a normal voice most of the time. And he only, it was only high when he was trying to save his, save his, his vocal cords. Um, and he, he was like, 
he looked at it and he he just he I, I mean he he almost had tears in his eyes when he handed me back the loop and he says and and the slide and he said that that's magic absolute pure magic that hit me hard um you'd have to have been there i think to to appreciate it um the other another comment i remember very well was um probably mid 80s i was working with with jermaine on a project and he said you know you, you have the ability to be one of the greatest photographers of all time but you need to incorporate more of the total scene in what you shoot you need to to do more of an establishing perspective and um, this is because he and I had had been thinking about going to AFI um, the next year to do the the masters in in uh, directing, and uh, we were talking about you know um, careers and he he was always has always been a, a huge film and photography bug buff, so um, I, I mean I can think of lots of lots of comments I, um, the on the bad side, um, look at my Twitter. You'll see. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I I've been I've been very fortunate um, uh, with with most people I have met in my lifetime who have um said good things about my work i can't think of anybody who's ever said anything bad about my work as it is mm -hmm. um matter of fact i can't think of anybody who's ever said anything i mean the constructive criticism sure but i can't think of anybody who's ever said anything bad about my work you know nobody's ever said oh you're a horrible photographer you you know whatever mm -hmm. um but i can think of people that have made comments that hit me in the gut um, out of jealousy, out of, you know, rage, some ulterior motive. I don't know. Um, right. But we could probably do a whole other podcast on how performers manage the, the jealousy. Sure. Oh my God. I, I, you know, if you ever want to do a, a, a round table of people mm -hmm. um, about jealousy and handling criticism and, and handling, um handling you know peop, your own self-doubt i'll be more than happy to to join you great um so you know let me know uh, great i'd love that cool i'd love that yeah matter of fact maybe we can do it live maybe we can that would be even better yeah like like at you know someplace um i'll maybe sometime when i um when i'm back in la um or, or maybe you want to come down to South by Southwest and, and yeah, um, it, it's, it's interesting. It's not what it used to be, but it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, um, I think it's worth, worth exploring, especially for what you do. Um, it might be worth doing some kind of podcast from here with, you know, you, can, there's all sorts of people that come to South by great, great
great artists every year um, and local artists that that participate. So I've, I've actually I'm remembering I actually forgot I was there for just a couple of days one time, um, but I, I didn't I didn't see much except for the Capitol building. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why I forgot. I didn't really get any culture. Just <laughs> uh, wait, you didn't eat barbecue. Okay, I ate barbecue. Okay. I did eat then barbecue. You got all the culture Texas has to give. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I love and hate Texas, but I think I love and hate tech. I love and hate all the same things in Texas. What's the one on the, what's the little patties? You know, patties, the, the little, I don't know patties. <clears throat> I don't. Patties on a co- is a coffee shop just up the block, uh, right across the street from Bob's big boy. On the same side of the street. And I loved and hated Bob's because it embodied everything that SoCal was known for in the 50s. All the thing, the dreams that made me move out there. Yeah. You know, um, I, I grew up in New York, but I had to live in L.A. You know, it was like a um, dream come true for me to move to L.A., and and when Michael Jackson said, "I'm tired of flying you back and forth," and the Jackson brothers said, "We're tired of paying to fly you back and forth. You need to move here." <laughs> I, I was there. I, I mean, literally overnight. It, but it's it's all those things that I absolutely loved are some of the same things that I I loathed. Like Bob still has the the bays where the car hops used to skate to in the back, but they don't use them anymore. And meanwhile, right here in Texas, we have um, Sonic, you know, Sonic. Yeah, of course. But we have car hops at Sonic that still skate. Oh, I want to come. I want to come just for that. You should. <laughs> you, should you should absolutely come to South by. We'll do, we'll do this, this um, we'll do this round table. And and you can probably book a, a million things while you're there. <laughs> um, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of performers that 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 would want to you know consult with you about. Sounds fun. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure it would be very very lucrative. So you know, consider it. It, it might you know it might be something to do. Um, it sounds fun. Yeah. Anyway, um, thanks for the invitation. Oh, more than welcome. <laughs> um, on behalf of the city of Austin, you know, my, my <laughs> um, so yeah. So, I mean, go ahead. I had asked you about comments that you received, and this is a totally different kind of question. Um, how do you move on from failure? <sighs> um, I'll put the brave face on and I'll pretend it's all okay. And inside I am crumbling. Hmm. Um, I don't know what failure really means. Um, personally, I don't think I've ever failed in a, like in a shoot, in a project. I don't ever remember failing because I, failure to me is not an option. And I hate to say that because it's such a trite expression, but 
you know, you pick yourself up, you do it again, you pick yourself up, you do it again, you pick yourself up, you do it again, you get out there. Um, it, I, I mean, I guess I've been around musicians and dancers for so long. Um, I'm, I, I really admire dancers. I mean, beyond anything one could imagine, I really admire athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I've played sports. Um, I got hit by a car in 2016 and, so and thank you. Um, it, it has done a, you know, it's, it's the pain has, has kind of slowed me down a bit, which I don't care for, but, um, it, it's not going to stop me because I won't let it stop me. But I look at, I look at, you know, guys my age don't say, gee, I wish I could get back on the football pitch and, and, and kick a soccer ball around. Normally guys, my age don't, you know, my, my dad played tennis until the, literally two weeks before he was hospitalized and passed away. Um, I, I don't believe that, that you stop, but sometimes, you know, pain will do horrible things. Um, I don't find that pain from, from, from failing at, at what I do. My pictures are always well received or, or so I think, um, well, that's a lot of people know how to blow great smoke, but, but, you know, um, I think, you know, my pictures are, are usually really well received. Yes. I don't always think they're as good as other people do. I mean, I, honestly, I, I, I will look at things and, and to me, any artist that doesn't kick himself a few times, um, after a project doesn't look at the project and say, wow, you know, that could have been better that way. That could have been better that way. Well, uh, you know, of course, but that's not failure. No, that's learning. Exactly. That's growth. Mm -hmm. um, failure is, is, uh, you know, I've met very few people who have truly failed unless they've wanted to fail, unless they have not wanted to grow, unless they've not wanted to improve and, and, and make their lives better. And I'm sure someone's going to take me to task for what I'm saying now, but, but um, I just don't see failure that way as an option. Otherwise, you know, every time I couldn't do something, You'd be picking pieces of me up from, you know, the LA River. It it's not it's not real, um, but there are there are moments in my life I think where I have definitely I know I've definitely faltered, and then I just say to myself, okay, I feel miserable. I don't like this. I'm not happy about this. Um, what can I do to make it better? And for every performer out there, everybody performing in any way, I don't care what they're doing. If, if you are a performer, if you are a, if you are a, a, a musician, a singer, a dancer, a, um, you know, an athlete, whatever, everybody's going to have those bad days. Um, the Dodgers have had bad years. The Yankees have had bad years. 
I think that the Lakers had the greatest run besides the Celtics. Don't kill me for saying that. I'm a Laker fan. Um, but the, but the, the Lakers and the Celtics both had great, great runs. You know, they were battling each other. So did Detroit. And yet, you know, I don't think this is going to be a great season for them. But they're not failing. You know, they have to turn it around. And any, every, every team goes through that. They have, they have good years. They have bad years. You know, some for, for athletes and performers, you have a limited lifespan. Some less limited than others. You, yeah, you can't afford to have bad years too often. You have to just sure. pick it up and, and, and go again. And um, so I think, I think like mediocrity is not an excuse. You know, failure is not an option. Um, now there are plenty of times when I think every every artist, every every performer feels like they failed. <coughs> Sorry, but that's where you come in. Yeah, you know, they having having a a, a a a sounding board, having somebody to come back to and talk to, is really important. Or to be able to get over the trauma. Of, of a of a really bad experience which sometimes happens yeah exactly absolutely but that that comes back down to you know communication with somebody who can help you get over that help you get past the hump yeah and I think that's really that really is important I agree have you ever had what you would say was a transformative moment in your work and if so what was it oh I've had a few I've had not just one. Um, mm-hmm. at, at some point I, I had that epiphany of, oh, I understand light and how to control it. Um, that's probably, that was probably the most transformative moment I think, but I think also for me, every, every artist I work for you know, sort of forces me to rise to the occasion because they're all different. And um, at the sports arena on the bad tour, somebody stole one of my cameras from backstage. I know exactly who it was. It was a, a security guy that worked for the sports arena. He was the only guy in the room. He stole my camera. Oh boy. They wouldn't do a damn thing about it. LAPD couldn't, couldn't pin it on him, but you know, um, I understand they gave him a hard time about it, but you know, they couldn't prove it. Um, now it was, it was really, it was really horrible. It was like the perfect, the perfect theft. Oh no. Um, so, um, you know, it was replaced immediately that and the lens that was on it were replaced immediately. Um, that was, you know, understanding that, that I, I could recover from that easily. Um, made the next one even easier during during the LA riots. Um, I was down on Western um, covering for Time Magazine, and I was down on Western and and uh, 18th. And you know where the Boys Market was the famous Boys Market that got yeah, of that course. got burnt. So I was in there when it was when it was being burnt down. 
Oh boy. Yeah. And um, I mean, I got out, I got great pictures of, of the burning and looting and, and everything. And there's a McDonald's kind of across the street and diagonally up, up 18, uh, up uh, Western. And uh, I go into the McDonald's to see what's going on in there. And there's people milling around the back outside and the grill is still on and there's still burgers on the grill. I'm thinking, okay, they're open. I'm going to grab a Coke and I'll just put some money on the, on the counter. And I grabbed a Coke and, um, I walked outside and this guy stops me. He said, Hey man, come over here. Take a picture of me in my car. And he has this Lincoln town car filled to the brim with stuff. He looted from every store imaginable. And he's telling me he, he's trying to get a, a friend of his to come down with a truck so he can take a washer and a dryer and a fridge. He says, take a picture of me, my car. I took a picture. He says, good. Now that you took a picture, give me the camera. I'm like, what? And he pulls a gun, points it at me. He says, give um, me the camera. And I said, come here. He says, I'm the one with the gun. You tell me to come here. I said, come here. And I start walking out up to 18. I said, up there, National Guard, down there, LAPD. You really want to be pointing a gun at me? He said their response time is going to be pretty slow. I, I, I said, why do you want my camera when I just took pictures of you? He says, because I want the film. And I may as well keep the camera. I said, you can't have the camera. I'm not giving it up. At almost that moment, um. My friend's sister, who was doing an internship with me, shows up. Doesn't even notice the guy with a gun. <laughs> and she says, oh, I heard you were down here. I'm glad you're safe. Then she looks over and sees the guy with the gun. She's carrying a little Pentax. And I said, hey, man, take her camera. It's not, it's not worth you know, as much as mine, but take hers. I said, and I'll take the film out and give it to you. Give me your address and I'll send you the pictures of you. But I'm keeping the film, you know, I'll send you the pictures. And he takes her little Pentax and, and then says, okay, wait, I got to find a pen and paper. Let's go to the McDonald's. I'll get, I'll get, I'll give you my address. Oh my gosh. What? Are you kidding me? You know, and of course, the next thing out of his mouth is, make sure you send those to me right away. I know where you live. I'm like, you do? Okay. Now I know where you live, dude. Anyway, um, I never sent him the pictures. I did give the LAPD his address. <laughs> oh, he had also, he and his friends, four or five of his friends, had had hijacked a Fox news truck. Yeah. And I think that was the, that was the, the, the key to them arresting him and his friends. And they were all part of one of the two gangs, um, either bloods or crips. I don't remember which one in LA at the time. Um, and I, I think that I, I, I remember, Getting, going up the block, getting in my car, telling 
the 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 girl, the sister of my friend, to go home, get out of there. I went up to my car. I drove up Western, and there was a sniper on the top of one of the banks, a little further up Western, by like I guess by Wilshire, or a little further in Wilshire. And a bullet hit the corner of my car, oh. and I decided to go around the corner and see if I could photograph the sniper. I was there for mm. another four or five hours. And I realized that I actually know how to do this. And 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 I can, you know, I, I realized that that I enjoyed covering hard news. Mm. But did I really want to sacrifice my life in LA? Maybe if I was in, you know, um, in the Middle East or somewhere else it would feel different but i'm around the you know literally not that far from my home you know and i, I don't you know if you remember the riots yeah they of were, course yeah they were absolutely horrible um i i i took pictures of of um i had friends who owned businesses down in South Central. And I, I took pictures of, you know, there are signs up that said black owned business, leave us alone. And when I found out, like from people I talked to there, why this had happened, it had nothing to do with Rodney King. It had everything to do with with discrimination, with hate. And um that was a transformative moment in my life. I realized that I could make a difference. I don't know if I did make a difference with with any of that story at all. I, not the one I just told you, but just the the whole the whole story of the riots. I don't yeah. know if my coverage made a difference, but I can tell you that that um, it changed the way I I perceived and dealt with issues in you know our hometown and it 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 made me not want to be there um as much as i as much as i loved it it made me want to you know like regroup and think about other things i didn't leave uh for another what eight years and then i and then i moved back to london okay but um it was I spent a lot more time covering things outside of the country in a way uh, after that. And it made me wonder, you know, like, is this, is this the life that we, we have chosen? Is, is this the way we have chosen to live is, you know, what do we have to do to make the world better? Yeah. And so I, I, it, that wasn't a transformative moment in my well, it 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 had a, a transformative effect on my career, but I don't think that it was specifically career related. If I wasn't a photojournalist, I don't think I would have I would have experienced that uh, in the same way. No, I'm I'm sure that's true. No, very yeah. very transformative. Yeah. So um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, sorry. No, thank you. That was very insightful. Very transformative. What an experience. Yeah, um, har- harrowing. I imagine. I think the I think the more harrowing was it's not the first and it was not the last time that somebody pointed a gun at me as as a photojournalist um, it happens occasionally um, 
um, another way that that has transformed my life. I mean, it certainly, um, you know, operating changes, like always having my camera with me. Uh, but yeah, that's maybe a sad way to have had to transform, but understandable. It is. Go ahead. Well, this is actually my last question. So in 30 seconds or less, um, what have you learned about yourself from your work as a photojournalist? I have the ability to adapt to any situation and to make images that will tell the story of that particular time or situation. Yes. And I've and I've honed that ability pretty well. I would say so. Absolutely. I, I beyond that, I mean I you know, I have I have a, a it's also I, I've realized I have a, a keen desire to, to tell stories visually and and I try my best to, you know, uh, not try my best, but I, I, you know, achieve that as as best I possibly can. Well, it's a wonderful thing to be able to be the beneficiary of that achievement. And you certainly have um, achieved that ability. That's That's very clear from your work. And I've also been the beneficiary of learning from your life and your experience that you've shared today. And I really want to thank you for taking the time to to sit down and have this conversation. And just to share your insight and your experience, I'm really grateful to you, Harrison. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sari. I, I really appreciate your having me on. And I it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. This has been Manage the Moment with Dr. Shep. Life is a collection of moments. It's how you manage the moments that makes the difference. My thanks again to Harrison Funk for taking his time to join us for these conversations. And thank you for listening. You can subscribe to the Manage the Moment podcast for free just by clicking the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. And then you'll be sure to get the newest episodes as soon as they're uploaded. And for more information about the Manage the Moment podcast, you can see the episode notes for this broadcast. And you'll also find us on social media, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Shep. Thanks so much for listening and taking the time to share these moments with us. Until next time.